going to continue. And actually, we're in the last section of the book of James. We've been here now, getting near a couple of years. We took a little break, but fifth chapter of James. We're going to start with verse 13. And this is our last section, verses 13 through 20. We'll just read a couple of verses, and we'll dig in. But the overall topic is the power and privilege of prayer. So James is going to end this small, but boy, it's a meaty book, isn't it? There's a lot of stuff in this book. He's going to finish it with, with prayer. So if you would, James 5, verse 13. Is any one of you in trouble? <laughs> he got the right group. Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. He should what? Is anyone happy? Then let him sing songs of praise. God says, if you're happy and you know it, woo, all right, let's sing. Go ahead. If you got problems, pray. He's talking to the individual. Got problems, pray. If you're happy, give God praise. Amen. Is any one of you sick? You should call the elders of the church. Pray over him. Anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he's sinned, he'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. We're going to stop right there. The privilege of prayer. The privilege of prayer. You know, prayer is certainly a high and holy privilege that we have as children of God. Amen? I mean, just think about it. We as God's children can come freely and boldly to that throne of grace. We can share with him our needs. and I mean, we, we can receive from him the grace we need to carry on and fight on. And sometimes in this section, James is going to mention prayer, so we're going to talk a lot about it. But, you know, the mature Christian is prayerful in the troubles of life. You know, trouble's coming. Some don't pray. Some melt. Some run. Some grumble. But James is saying, now, now if, you're, if you've got problems, you need to pray. It's okay to call the prayer line, but you need to pray. See, the mature Christian is prayerful in the troubles of life. Instead of complaining or fearing about the situation, he talks to God about it. God hears. God answers. And God addeth more grace. And God gives them what he needs. They're drawing near and he draws near. Amen? All right. Now, taking it to the Lord in prayer is certainly a mark of spiritual maturity. And we're going to dig into this. You know, um, the, the great commentator William Barclay, when he looked at this section of verses, he says, you know, you can notice something just in the few verses we read. You can notice some of the, the highlights of the early church. You can see, um, how do you say it, some dominant characteristics of that early church just in these verses. He goes, in fact, that early church, things that stood out, they were a singing, a singing church, they were a healing church, and they were a praying church. Can you say amen? This is all right there in those few verses. You know, and again, and we go back and study ancient history, and even going just into secular history, and they'll say, man, them Christians, man, they sang. They sang. They sang when they were being burned at the stake. I mean, they sang. They prayed. And God, the testimonies of healing from the early church on. The church of Jesus Christ has always been a praying church. 
healing church and a singing church. Let it not stop now. Amen? In this section, James encourages us to pray by describing four different situations in which God answers prayer. So we'll see our outline here. Number one, prayer for the suffering or the troubled. That's verse 13. Then prayer for the sick, verses 14 through 16. Prayer for the nation. Lord knows we need prayer for the nation. 17 and 18. And then prayer for the strain. Anyone in your family strayed? We all have both hands up, don't we? Because we all got backsliders in our family, amen? And if you don't, you just denying it, amen? All right, we'll leave it at that. But verses 19 and 20, no, we all got people we all be praying for. Isn't that right? Number one, prayer for the troubled. Verse 13, is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Wow. God's people go through troubles, don't they? The word simply means difficult circumstances. I mean, Jesus said, in this world you shall have, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Amen. He's overcome the world, but we go through troubles to get that overcoming. Isn't that right? I mean, a lot of people like the testimony, but we need the test to get the testimony. What does someone say? Many are the afflictions of backslider. What do you say? Of who? Some of you don't even know the Bible. Come on, many are the afflictions of the... That backslider's got enough of his own problems. He's got more problems than this. But many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers them out of them. Mm. You know, we go through troubles, and not every trouble is because of sin or chastisement. Some are. That's the Bible. But not all are. So what should we do? And again, I love it. He just made it plain. If you're in trouble, pray. Don't grumble. Don't get jealous that someone else has not gone through it. Get on your knees and seek God and call on God. What should we do? Well, you know, verse 9, verse nine a little earlier, remember we were studying about the power of patience previously? And he said, in uh, patience, how we wait on God properly and we trust in God to work things out. And he warned him in verse 9, don't grumble and complain. The Lord's working on this. Don't grumble and complain and lose the victory. Well, in the same way, when we have troubles, we know, don't grumble, don't grumble or complain or criticize those that seemingly having a good time. Everyone's got problems, amen? And so sometimes people are going for the victory, other times, but everyone in this world has battles. So don't, don't get jealous of others. Certainly don't blame God about it. Instead, we should pray. Asking God to help us get through it for his glory, amen? We should pray, asking God to forgive us wisdom. Give us some intervention. Give us some strength to go through this. I mean, we can pray for both deliverance and endurance. I mean, I'll take the deliverance, but if it don't come real quick, give me the endurance. Amen? Help us to grow from it and help us glorify God in it. He says, pray. He says, pray. Casting all our care upon him. He, he cares for us. Amen? And cast that care. One way we cast it is by praying and giving to God, telling God about it. Number one, prayer can, we know that prayer can remove the affliction. Amen? Prayer can move the mountain. Prayer can still the storm. Prayer can do that. And we can all testify. Isn't that right? We can all testify. Uh, times we've had, had terrible reports and terrible attacks. And, and, and man, we took it to the Lord in prayer. And, and man, sometimes almost miraculously, that thing was over. 
the thing was changed. But then other times, we prayed for some people that still aren't saved. Amen? You keep praying and enduring. There's some storms that still haven't stopped. Do we give up? Do we get, uh, run, run, run back to the world? No. We keep praying. We keep trusting. So again, prayer can remove the afflictions. But it can also give you and I grace to endure and go through the afflictions. And when I say go through it, I mean go through it in a way that honors the Lord. And gives a proper witness to that world that we're Christians. I've seen some people go through things and say, oh Lord, please don't let anyone else in the job find out they're a Christian. They're a terrible testimony right now. Amen? Yeah. Prayer can remove the storm and take us through the storm. And I'll tell you one more thing. Prayer, actually by prayer and coming to God and trusting God, God can transform our troubles into triumphs. God can actually take that thing and use that thing. What do you mean? Well, Paul prayed one time. Paul had an affliction. Paul prayed and God wouldn't remove it. What did God do? He gave him grace to go through it. And his weakness became his strength. What did God say? No, Paul, you know what? How you are right now is how I want you. But in that place, you're yielded to me. You're clinging to me. You're dependent on me. So actually, in your Paul weakness, you get more Jesus strength. So actually, by prayer, God can actually take troubles and turn them into triumphs. Anybody remember Jesus praying in the garden? He's in Gethsemane. What did he pray? Lord, may this cup pass. May this cup be removed. And it was not. Say that again. Jesus prayed and it didn't get. Wow. But what did he get? He got grace to drink that cup. He got grace and strength to go to that cross. He got grace and strength to accomplish the task God had sent him to do. Redeeming mankind. Think about that. The Father gave him the strength he needed to drink it. Sometimes it's in prayer we receive the grace we need to drink the cup. Can't avoid every cup, can we? Again, I'm praying that God removes it. I'm praying that God speaks peace be still. I'm gunning for that one every time. But if that don't happen, we got to shift into another gear. Hmm. Verse 13 instructs the believer to pray whenever we're facing hardships or battles. The individual Christian needs to pray. When we fail to do so, it cuts us off from God's power and God's grace. It really just compounds the problem. But again, the Bible says, cast your care. He cares for you. The Bible says, draw near to God. He'll draw near to you. The Bible says, come boldly before the throne of grace. And there you can find help for your time of need. Amen. And when God's ordained prayer as the means, the way that we receive strength and grace. And what happens also, get ahead of ourselves here, people that never practice prayer don't develop a prayer life. You, you, you so limit prayer. Prayer is either get on the prayer request, pray for me. I get an answer I don't. But something that's such a, a surfacy part of prayer is blessing. Some of the greatest privileges of prayer is seeking God and seeking God. It's drawing near to the presence of God. I mean, 
Well, some of the things that prayer will give us. Prayer gives us, number one, it gives us victory when it just takes away the storm and it just defeats the enemy and it just shatters, right? Amen. It just, boom, prayer does awesome things. Prayer changes doctor's reports. Amen. Change, change bam. But prayer also gives us strength to endure certain things. But sometimes God says, no, you got to endure this. And it might take a season to endure it. And it might take a while, but God gives us, but it's in prayer we get that strength. Amen. It's by seeking God we keep our composure. Amen. We, we keep a good testimony about us. We stay sweet instead of getting sour. Amen. Who was I think it was E.L. Moody or, or Spurgeon. He used to say, there's nothing wrong with a ship being in water. The problem is when the water gets in the... And we go through a storm, but prayer helps us keep the water out. Some people go through the storm, but they're not people of prayer. And they get so easily grumbly and complaining. Water's getting in the ship. Water's getting in the ship. Isn't that right? So you go through it, and it doesn't have to contaminate you. It doesn't have to poison you. You can go through it. And as we seek God in prayer, he gives us grace to go through things properly and not to be so terribly affected by them so we can come out the other end, being stronger than we went in, not worse. The other thing that happens, not only... Does prayer release the power of God to move the mountains when he seems fit? Not only does prayer give you and I strength to go through the battle until it's over, prayer gives you and I grace to drink the cup. Nobody wants to drink the cup. Who wants to drink the cup? I don't want to drink the cup. But if I got to drink the cup, God give me strength to drink the cup. I don't want to bury a loved one. If I got to bury a loved one, God give me the grace to bury the loved one. You know, sense in us saying make believe we live in a real world. Isn't that right? You know, there have been many times in prayer. See, you miss when you, when you when you don't practice prayer, you're missing out on so many privileges and blessings that take place just abiding in the presence of God. You know, sometimes in God's presence, it's like our hearts. And our wills and our minds are like that onion that you've got layer by layer. There, there are so many times you wonder, God, why aren't you answering? Why aren't you answering? But what I'm noticing, and every time I'm seeking him, another, another layer of Joe is being stripped away. And I finally get to a point where I'll say, Father, whatever you want. Will you go into a situation thinking this is how it's going to be? Father, do it this way. This is what I'm asking for. This is what I'm believing for. And it might take weeks at times for God finally to get us to the point of yieldedness and brokenness. We say, Lord, wouldn't even have thought of this a week ago. But if that's the road you want, may your will be done. Let me get back to my notes. There's wonderful privileges in prayer. Not just saying, pray for me but seeking God yourself and abiding in the presence of God. Wow. Again, prayerless people, you see, cut themselves off from God's prevailing power. Because again, listen, God, 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 you know, God created everything. And if God decided, listen, you, you obtain my grace by standing on your head, then guess what? We all learn how to stand on our heads. I know it sounded silly. 
But God has ordained prayer as a means to receive the strength and grace of God. So common sense, if we refuse to develop a personal prayer life, we are severing ourselves or disqualifying ourselves. We're forfeiting for ourselves much of the grace that God desires to release into our life. Prayer is an expression. Again, prayer is how we tap in. Prayer is how we received by Jesus used the word drinking. Amen? Drinking. So because I don't I don't like to drink. Well that's the means in the natural that God's ordained to hydrate us. Amen? If someone says I'm gonna stop drinking, you know what that means you're gonna start dying, right? Are you with me? In the natural. If so I don't like to drink. I'm just not much of a drinker. You know drink has never been my thing. Maybe that's good for the women. I don't like to drink. Well sooner or later you're gonna you're gonna die. You're going to dehydrate. Why? Because God has, God, God and how he created us naturally says you need to take in water. You can't live without water. Isn't that right? I'm not going to breathe. I don't want to. I mean, so it sounds silly, doesn't it? Folks, just as silly as the Christian that says, I don't want to develop a prayer life. Prayer is how we breathe spiritually. Prayer is how we drink spiritually. How do you get, you, people get dehydrated and pass out? Well, you get those electrolyte prayer, the presence of, in his presence. That's where I am strong, amen, in his presence. So again, that, that's where we tap in and we drink and, and, and that's where we touch God and see God move. But here it is, prayer is an expression of both humility, confidence, and obedience. Prayer positions our hearts to hear God's voice to receive God's strength, and to be ministered to by God's Spirit. Amen? We used to talk about the imagery from the Old Testament of the potter's wheel. I don't know if you're old school. We always talk about the potter. We sing songs about the, uh, stay on the potter's wheel, right? We sing all those. And what's, what's the story from? From Jeremiah, where God takes the prophet down to the potter's house. And he says, Jeremiah, I'm going to give you an illustrated sermon. Okay, Lord, just look at the potter. And I'm watching. And he sees the potter. And see that clay get a little messed up and changes it again. And God says, you know, sometimes you're like that clay. Sometimes there's areas in your life I need to change. I'm going to take you and remold you and I'll put you back on there again. And I'm going to reform you and make you better. But the only thing is, clay doesn't have a will. You and I do. <laughs> that clay can't just jump off that potter's wheel and go scurry off and say, well, I'm not going to go to church for three more weeks because God's getting on my case. Isn't that right? We, you and I got to, by our will, say, I'm going to stay in the potter's wheel. Lord, I'm going to listen to you when you speak to me. I'm going to yield when you start dealing with me. Isn't that right? Yeah. How do you get in the potter's wheel? You know, the Holy Spirit convicts you. And says, make that thing right. God speaks to you. I want you to start doing such and such. Potter's wheel. But it's in prayer. As we commune with God. And fellowship with God. That there's wonderful things happen in our lives to transform us. And people that don't spend time in God's presence, they cheat themselves of the blessings of God's presence. Just think about it. Think about it. There's many people here today who've got various talents. Some are just wonderful when it comes to tools and fixing things. Others are musical and on and on. And, but you know what? You didn't just come out of mama's womb like that. Somebody taught you and someone mentored you, and you put a lot of time in learning and harnessing your skill. Again, whether that skill is a mechanical or it's musical or whatever it might be, 
It's the same thing in spiritual things. If we don't put time, we never mature in a thing. If we don't put time in, we never allow ourselves to really get fine-tuned in a certain area. Talking about prayer. Talking about prayer. The person who prays humbles themselves, aligns themselves, and then taps into the strength of God. And those that refuse to pray, they, they tend to live defeated and frustrated, always running from one crisis to another, because they're trying to live on their own strength with their own wisdom, doing their own thing. And man, that's like running on fumes. That's tough, isn't it? Isn't it running on fumes? Isn't it tough? Yeah. So let's go. Developing a consistent prayer life can enable a believer to live a consistent life altogether. Remember John 15? Jesus said, if you abide in me, I abide in you. My word is abiding in the vine. Amen? So again, when we develop that consistent prayer life, it'll give us a consistent life, a stable life, a sturdy life, strong life. Verse 13 begins by telling the individual Christian, if you're facing troubles and trials, you should pray. You should take it to the Lord. And that's a key. Very important, develop a solid, consistent, personal prayer life. Let's look at some verses. Colossians 4 and 2, Colossians 4 and 2. Just look at some verses that encourage us to develop a prayer life, be consistent in our prayers, amen? You know, you're never going to be good at something if you're not consistent at it, amen? You just, you know, you see people that go to the gym once every six months. Um, well, you can tell they go once every six months. So if it could have fooled me, it looked like once every year, but hey, all right, another story. And that's so true, isn't that right? It is. I mean, you just, you know, you can tell, you can tell. You can tell someone that dabbles with someone, something and someone that has mastered something. Isn't that right? I used to tell these um, home, home church stories. Growing up in churches, it's a, it's a Bible school all by itself. My dad wasn't a preacher. He worked at the factory with everyone else. So I just learned back there in that fifth row. You just watch them. I used to watch those men. We had some wonderful carpenters in that church. I mean, they build their own homes. Or, I mean, just, and, but, you know, every man had pride in his craft, you know, so they were proud of their craft. And then would come some guy, and he'd have more tools. I mean, Tom the Tool Man or Tim or whatever. He'd come in, and I'd see those old-timers just shake their head looking. They knew he didn't know his left hammer from his right one. You know what I mean? And they just knew. And, and you could tell the man who had mastered it. They could just sit there and tell you something without even forgetting measuring. They just, it is. You know, they just had done it so much. They had done it since their father trained them. And they, they could do it with their eyes shut to the guy that had the latest tool, the latest this, and he couldn't unwire a light bulb. I mean, you, you can tell who's, ma you'll never master anything if you don't get devoted to it. You're never going to master prayer if you don't get devoted to it. Isn't that right? You want to get close to someone, you got to spend some time with them. Isn't that true? You know, you know we say this. I developed this story when I pastored Italians. Not too many Italians anymore around here. i got to praise them in. But anyway, I said, Grandma loves all her grandkids. Right, Grandmas? We love all our grandkids. But now two of them might live in California. And you see them every other year. And two of them might live down the street. Now the ones down the street get to eat a whole lot more of grandma's pasta and grandma's sauce and grandma's lasagna. Amen? 
I mean, a whole, those, those ones down the street get to visit Grandma a whole lot more and hear Grandpa tell that story for the fifth time. And, and, and you know, that, and, and that true? So, so not that the blood's the same, the love's the same, but because of relationship. God loves his children. God's available and willing to, to open his arms to any of his children. But you've got to spend time. So prayer needs to be something. I'm not just doing it when it's a 911. Amen? I'm not just, in case of emergency, break glass. Amen? No, no, no. You got your AAA card and the right, oh, and I got a flat tire. No, no, no. We want to develop a prayer life. So then when trouble does come and the Bible says you pray, I'm not foreign to it. I'll say this again. There's been a time uh, recently I had, to, I had to do something so minor on the car, very, very minor. Of course, it took me five times this time of a normal person that does it. But, you know, because I hadn't done it in about seven years, the thing I, the, whatever I was doing, whatever operation I was trying to do here. I hadn't done it in a long time. But the longer I got at it after about an hour into this thing, that should have taken me about ten minutes. But the longer I got into it, I started to remember things. And things started coming back to me. And I'm saying, so, you know, the guy that does this every day that works over at Ford, I mean, he doesn't, because he does it so often. And you know, when you develop a prayer life, then when you have problems, you know how to pray. You know how to claim that promise. You know how to draw near, wait on God to speak to your heart. Isn't it true? Come on, say amen to that. The reason some people don't pray is because they feel awkward praying, but they've never developed a prayer life. Isn't that true? It's a whole lot easier for me to approach my earthly father for a favor than it is for you. If he don't know you, you don't approach him at all. <laughs> but I can ask him for everything. He said, help yourself. Amen? <laughs> Just, some things he would look at me and say, what are you asking for? Just, you know, better. Just take it. You know what I mean? See, that relate, you develop that relationship. So let's look at this. Colossians, here we go. We're going to look at these in the, both translations. New King James and the NIV, okay? Continue earnestly in prayer. Continue earnestly in prayer. Prayer is something we continue. We're not inconsistent. We're consistent. That means continue, amen? Continue means we keep on going. Continue means we don't stop, all right? You with me? Continue means I don't just do a 911. I do it daily. I do it regularly. Continue earnestly. And when I do it, I'm not just saying prayers to be religious. I'm praying. I'm communing. I'm talking. I'm praising. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant at it, being watchful. Your prayer should never be something sloppy or lazy. Amen? I give another these stories. But you know, whatever your, whatever your expertise is, you're more fussy in that area. You show me a barber, and they'll be saying, man, who cut your hair? You know, I mean, they'll be, they'll see, I have a barber in a congregation, he'd look at me, you better come down and see me this afternoon. You better come down this Tuesday afternoon, and I come down, and he'd tell me, but he didn't like the way it looked. Amen? And I see, um, we, we, I tell you a story before, we went to Uganda about 15 years ago, whenever it was, we went to Uganda. I was so pumped, I can't tell you how pumped I was. I mean, I'll, besides preaching, we're going to preach crowd, big, 
you know, thousands of people in uh, crusades. And we were too, and on top of that, I was going to see elephants in the, in the net. It's gotten, it's, man, it got me going. So I'm pumped, right? And we got there pumped. And I look at Phil, and Phil's a pretty even-tempered guy. And he's looking, he didn't look happy. I go, what's the matter, Phil? And we're going up these steps. At this hotel, we're staying at the Zebra Hotel. Anyway, and, and, and I didn't even dawn on him. I'm just so pumped up being in Africa. This is awesome. I'm looking for a monkey to swing from a tree. I mean, I'm thrilled, all right? I'm just thrilled. You couldn't get me unhappy. I was just thrilled. But and he goes, look at these steps. I go, what's wrong with the steps? And I didn't notice until he showed me. One was about this big, and the next one was about that big, and the next one was about that. And he looked up, and he shook He goes, it's not that hard to get that right. So what he said, I, I honestly... Because whatever your expertise is, you're fussier in that area. Where that's where your pride is. That's where you, you have a higher standard there. Am I right? For me, it's like, hey, as long as it gets me to the next level, amen, I cannot run the lion if he chases me. <laughs> but now, if you get in my field, I fool around in front of y'all, but behind the scenes, when I see someone that is in my field, I've had to watch myself that I can be real quick to be get with the program. That's not acceptable. Either do it or go, go change oil for a living. Or do it right. Amen? Amen. Be vigilant in your prayer. Be, take some effort in your prayer. Be alert in your prayer. Be watchful in your prayer. Watch yourself. Watch your situation. Continue earnestly in prayer. Being vigilant with thanksgiving. Our, our prayers are always you season it at the end, right? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Great is your faithfulness. In advance, I'm going to thank you. In advance, I'm going to praise you. In advance, Lord, I know you're going to answer. Your word says you'll answer. Amen. You're faithful to answer with thanksgiving. Now, let's look at this now in the NIV, Colossians 4 and 2. Colossians, devote yourself to prayer. There's another way of saying it. it? When we pray, we're devoted in our prayer. You want a spouse that's devoted. Amen? Right? Right? We understand what that word means in that context, don't we? Our prayer life. Devote yourself. Give yourself over. Be earnest and consistent and attentive to prayer. Devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and being thankful. All right, let's go to the next one. What's our next verse? We're going to do it again. We'll do do the NIV. And the New King James. This should be the New King James. And it says, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing. There it is again. Continuing steadfast. Isn't that an interesting word, steadfast? That means firm with a thing. Don't, don't be easily persuaded. You know, sometimes you start praying and, and you can get discouraged, amen, when it seems like the answer doesn't come. Or it seems like, right, but you be steadfast in it. You know what? You, you keep, you know, Set your tone, set your face. Continue with steadfast in prayer. Let's look at the NIV now for Romans 12 and 12. Romans 12 and 12. Look at that. Be joyful in hope. Now, how does the rejoicing in your hope? I can't always rejoice because of what I'm going through, but I can always rejoice in the hope I have in the Lord. Amen. They're going to bring me through. Rejoice in hope. Patient infliction. Hmm. Isn't that right? That's tough. Isn't that right? And sometimes it can be tough. Isn't it? You with me? Well, see, it's hard to explode 
And then the next breath, you're going to go pray. And you got to spend the first 30 minutes repenting before you can get and ask God for something. I mean, you know what I mean? You just got done. You blew a cork, and, you, and, you, uh, and then you're going to, you have no faith to pray. Who are you kidding? God just looked down and says, who are you kidding? Patient and affection. Now, some of you all might have come out of mama's womb, patient and docile and meek and mellow. But, but some of us, I'm out, man, with some short fuses and easily annoyed, amen? And, and to be patient in affliction is not exactly where we sort A on the report card. And we got to grow into that, amen? I got agitated in affliction. How about you, amen? Agita in affliction, that's heartburn, amen? You're not Italian. Um, patient in affliction, faith, but faithful. Faithful in prayer. We know something faithful, we know something not faithful, right? Faith, God says, I want you to be faithful in prayer. Now, let me read my footnote here, because I just like the way the NIV footnote says it. Number one says, be joyful in hope. The certainty of the Christian's hope is a cause for joy. Maybe I can't be joyful because of what's happening or the report I just got. But I can be joyful in the Lord, amen? I can be joyful in the hope that I have that he's going to bring me through. And one day it won't be like this. He's bringing me through. So, again, be joyful in hope. Patient. Patient in affliction. Enduring triumphantly. Necessary for a Christian because affliction is his inevitable experience. We all go through things. Jesus said so. Amen? So I better learn how to go through them properly in a way that pleases God. And faithful in prayer. Faithful in prayer. One must not only pray in the hard times but also maintain communion with God through prayer at all times. Amen? Isn't that right? You know, it's like, it's like some people, you know, you have a relationship with someone, and they need to come, hey, brother, you remind, I need a favor. You don't feel as bad, and you'll do it likewise. You reciprocate, amen? I never give the guy the time of day, though, I need something. It don't work too good, does it? It don't work too good. And God said, that's how some of my people treat me. But I said, you be faithful in prayer. You practice communing with me in the good times and in the bad. Let's talk. Come and worship me. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't it bother you when some people only come to you when they need something? Don't look at anyone. Look right here. <laughs> but it's the truth, isn't it? Isn't that true? I said, honey, I'm not, thinking, I'm not talking. I'm talking to people outside the truck. Other people, I said, man, honey, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not calling anyone anymore. Certainly, that's the only time they call me is when they need something. I said, forget that. This thing got to go two ways. I tell you, I don't mess. I just, and this is the mellowest I've ever been in my life. I was terrible younger. <laughs> the Lord says, be faithful in prayer. Amen. Be faithful in prayer. And then when you really do have a need, you know, one good terms. Isn't it nice just? When someone wants to see you, just because they like to be with you. Isn't it right? They don't need a handout. They're not an ulterior motive. That's what the Lord says. Sometimes he says, be nice, just come and worship me. Just come and praise me. Just come and thank me. Amen? Do that. And then, of course, when you have a need, if you're in trouble, seek God. And the Lord will say, who are you? Who are you again? <laughs> 
to be, let's keep marching here. Let's keep marching. Very similar. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Very similar to what Paul wrote in, in, in Romans. So let's, let's look at it again. Here we go. Be joyful always. Be joyful always. Amen? Rejoicing always. Isn't that right? Be joyful always. Pray continually. There it is again. Develop, very simple, develop prayer as a habit. A good, we, we, we develop good hygiene, right? Habits of hygiene. Prayer is a spiritual hygiene, spiritual habit. We develop it. And now, if you got saved and you got saved right, you are, you are discipled. And you are taught one of the most important things if you're going to keep this and finish is you develop your personal devotion with the Lord. Amen? They tell you come to church when the doors are open and you learn to read your Bible and pray and you've got to devote. And it's true. That's what they teach you. Because they don't want, you know, our people get, you know, get a glorious encounter and then you don't see them because they never developed it. You want to develop it and learn to pray continually, consistently. You have a prayer life. So you develop that life. Amen? Give thanks in all circumstances. This is God's will concerning Christ. All right, all right. Um, let's look, go Mark 1 and 35. Mark 1 and 35. Hallelujah. This always blessed me. Little verse here. Previous to this, Jesus has just a powerful, we can call it a miracle crusade. Amen. They were just bringing people to him. I mean, the lame, the demon possessed, and Jesus just. And, 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 you know, if you ever prayed for a lot of people, it's exhausting. All right? It's just exhausting. It's like someone took a plug in you, just sucked everything out of you. I mean, it, it's just, it's just. And so Jesus had to be tired. He, he's walking this thing as a man with the anointing. Amen? And so he prayed. I mean, and so next day, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Jesus gives us an example. You know, it, it was his power that was demonstrating who he was, but it was the prayer behind the scenes that was keeping them in that place of power that he could do those works. But if Jesus considered prayer so important to fulfill his mission, and to walk in the victory. Shouldn't we have a similar outlook on prayer? If Jesus, the Son of God, recognized, you would think after seeing all those miracles, I want to sleep in tomorrow, Lord. Amen. That was late last night. We didn't close down till about midnight and prayed for about 200 people. And, and Lord, I could use some, you know, I could use some rest. You won't mind, will you, Lord? Jesus knew better, didn't he? And notice here, you have to make an effort sometimes to get alone and pray. You have to make an intentional effort to get alone and pray. Jesus, he got up early. Got to get up. It's as soon as the rest of the guys got up. Lord, everyone's looking for you. They want you to pray for them. They need you. So he got up early. He left the house. He got to get away. And he found a place where he could seek the Father. If Jesus made an effort to pray, if I'm going to develop a quality prayer life, I've got to make an effort to pray. And it's called an intentional effort. I don't know much good things that happen by accident, do you? Most good things happen when we're intentional about them. We pursue them, we make the effort, 
Jesus made an effort to pray because Jesus understood the critical need to pray. Jesus considered private time with the Father critical. He knew that if he was to meet man, he must first meet God. Does that make sense to you? Amen. Jesus. He gives us the example, and then, of course, he gives us the teaching, right? He says, man ought always to pray and not, not faint or not give up. Let's give one more, and then we'll close it down. Go to the book of Jude. Go to Jude, verse 20. Jude, verse 20, we're going to finish up this point. Prayer for the trouble. The first thing James is teaching the church. Now, listen, if you're in trouble, you need to pray. Before you run to the elder, before you call the prayer line, you need to pray. If you're uncomfortable praying, it's because you haven't developed the habit and the practice of prayer. Isn't that right? You ever try to, when you ever, ever try to learn anything new, and if you can get over that initial hump, you got some hope. But how many people quit because they can't get beyond twinkle, twinkle, little star? Isn't that right? They got visions of, I mean, they're going to tickle those ivories. Amen. Look out. They're going to get up there and they're going to, you know, they're going to, yeah, they're gonna, yeah, right. But they can't get beyond. But those can. You talk to anyone who's a musician, they all start off the same way. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. Amen. But most people quit. Because couldn't quite get go so re mi lati fa salati. But those that could stuck with it. They bless people. They are anointed to do that true? Yeah, yeah. But you, dear friends, build yourselves up. Who are we building up? Build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. Wow. How do I build myself up? Pray in the Holy Spirit. Now, look at it again. We're going to wind it down, but I want to give you these thoughts here. I want to give these thoughts. The importance of prayer and developing that prayer life. Obviously, so when trouble comes, I know how to pray. I know how to believe God. I know how to press through to an answer to God. And I've learned how to hear the voice of God. I heard this illustration so many years ago, I never forgot it. It's been 30, 40 years. The preacher said, you know, if every light and every totally dark, and everyone shouted out my voice, he goes, there's one voice in this audience I could tell from everyone else. And, of course, it was his wife. He says, I've been listening to that voice for a lot of years. I know that voice. If there's any voice that I've grown, I know that frequency. I am acquainted. It's, Amen. And that's how it gets with God. The more we pray and commune with God, it makes it a whole lot easier to be led of God. The person that never prays, and I try to get God well. You really haven't developed that hearing ear. But if you spend more time with them, you'd be amazed how much easier it is. Amen? To, to hear. So again, prayer, prayer helps us, strengthens us to endure the fight, gives us wisdom to navigate through the fight, and gives us the ability, and this is the biggest part, one of the biggest parts about prayer. It's in prayer that sometimes God gives us the grace and the ability to surrender and to accept the will or the way that God wants us to go. I found through the years that many times it's in that sustained prayer, it's in that season of quality prayer that God is able to really I want to say break person, melt a person, break your will, surrender. Amen. And prayer helps me.
to, you know, the, the, old, the old preacher, Pastor Ezel, used to pastor Utica, New York, years ago with the Lord. But he used to make a statement, there's peace in acceptance. There's peace in acceptance. And sometimes, when we talk about drinking the cup, I have to spend time in God's presence to allow the Lord to really work in my heart, to allow the Holy Spirit to minister. You see, the more I'm in God's presence, the more you're in God's presence, we're allowing the Lord to minister to our lives, our hearts, our minds. He ministers to us. I met people that said, Pastor, I was so prejudiced all my life. And then one day, I don't know what happened. I got out of the prayer closet. It was gone. God ministers. Pastor, I used to grow up. I had such a fear. I had such a phobia of these things. And then one day, I came out of the prayer closet. It was like, I ran into it. It was gone. It's in God's presence. Wonderful things happen. Amen? He that dwells in the secret place, the most high shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And under the shadow, wonderful things happen. And one of the greatest things happens when I'm facing a trouble, when I'm facing a trial, and God in his ultimate wisdom is not going to blow it away, nor does he going to give me strength. He says, accept. And go through it properly. You take the high road in this. But I'll tell you what, that old me don't want to take the high road in some things. Amen? <laughs> but when God ministers grace to one's heart, in prayer, Jesus got grace to drink the cup. You see men and women of God that have gone through hard things and hard times because we live in a hard, fallen world. Some that go through it properly, it's because in that place of prayer, they allow the grace of God to minister their heart and enable them to face those things. In prayer, God ministers to me so I can get out of prayer and face life. Not run from life, not avoid life, amen? Not get embittered by life, but face life properly like a child of God should. Are you with me? Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the privilege of prayer. We thank you that we can come confidently before your presence. We can draw near to you and you promise you'll draw near to us. And in your presence, Lord, we can pour out our hearts. In your presence, Lord, we can receive strength to fight the battle. In your presence, we can get wisdom, Lord, to know what to do. And in your presence, we allow, allow you to minister to our hearts. Change us, transform us, and enable us, Lord, so we can leave the presence of God and face a real, really, uh, a real genuine world, face a real world. And face it like a child of God should, in a way that glorifies you. Father God, help each one of us to continue to grow and mature in our prayer life. Help us, Lord, to commune with you. Help us to develop a consistent, devoted, faithful prayer life. When trouble comes, Lord, keep us from being complainers. Keep us from giving in to the fear and frustrations. But help us to learn how to quickly take it to you in prayer, commit it to you by faith, and receive that grace to meet it, read it, and defeat it. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, God bless you.